Today, we will attempt to do some legal analysis on Roe versus Wade. Welcome to Wonderfully Woke. Welcome to the podcast, friends. The topic of the day today is Roe versus Wade. Now, this is like the big enchilada for a lot of conservatives, especially conservative Christians. We've got a lot to cover. We'll look at some legal terminology. We'll go over a little bit of legal analysis. We'll break down the case. I actually think, though, overall, this is going to be a shorter episode, but let's dive in. So first, we'll go through the case. So Roe v. Wade was a Supreme Court case involving a woman named Norma McCorvey. In the actual lawsuit, she went by Jane Roe. In 1968, she became pregnant with her third child, and she wanted to get an abortion. But she lived in Texas, where abortion was illegal except when necessary to save a mother's life. After some time, she was referred to two lawyers by the names of Sarah Weddington and Linda Coffey. They then proceeded to file a lawsuit on her behalf. The suit was filed in U.S. federal court against her local district attorney, you guessed it, Henry Wade alleging that Texas abortion laws were unconstitutional. So for that case, a three-judge panel of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas heard the case, and they actually ruled in favor of McCorvey. The state of Texas then appealed this ruling directly to the United States Supreme Court, which agreed to hear the case. So they took it all the way to the Supreme Court. Now it's going to get interesting. On January 1973, the Supreme Court issued a 7-2 decision, ruling that the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment in the United States Constitution provides a right to privacy, which protects a pregnant woman's right to choose whether or not to have an abortion. The court also ruled this right is not absolute. It must be balanced against the government's interest in protecting women's health and protecting prenatal life. The court then tried to regulate abortion using the three trimesters of pregnancy. The court classified the right to have an abortion as quote-unquote fundamental, which does require courts to evaluate challenged abortion laws under something called the strict scrutiny standard. So that's the highest level of judicial review in the United States. Okay, so that's a little breakdown of the actual case. Let's do some legal analysis. Full disclosure, I am no lawyer, but I also feel like I don't need an eight-year law degree to know bad decisions when I see them or read over the information and come to some conclusions. Thomas Jefferson actually once said, whenever the people are well-informed, they can be trusted with their own government, that whenever things get so wrong as to attract their notice, they may be relied on to set them right. So, let's set this right. So the first thing I did was go back and read over the Constitution, and I noticed that there is absolutely nothing in the Constitution which guarantees a right to an abortion, and there's not even anything which really comes close or that you could even use to defend something like an abortion. I did notice, however, that there is a guarantee to the most basic human right, the right to life, in the Declaration of Independence. Secondly, while looking through other Supreme Court cases, I noticed this case had some horrendous similarities to the Dred Scott case. If you really want to understand Roe v. Wade, it helps to understand Scott v. Sanford. Dred Scott was an escaped slave, and he sued for his freedom in Missouri. He had escaped to Illinois and was brought back to Missouri where he sued for his freedom. In the Dred Scott ruling, the Supreme Court basically ruled that black people were not fully human under the Constitution. Using disturbingly similar logic, in the Roe v. Wade case, the Supreme Court ruled that children in the womb were also not really human under the Constitution. 
It's important to note because I think both of these decisions are similarly immoral, and they both kind of whether directly or abstractly, they both involve something called substantive due process. We're not going to get too deep into the weeds with that, but we're going to go ahead and define the term. Substantive due process is a principle allowing courts to protect certain fundamental rights from government interference, even if procedural protections are present or the rights are not specifically mentioned elsewhere in the Constitution. So basically, if something is labeled as a fundamental right, the court can protect that right regardless of the Constitution or you might say outside the Constitution. So the right which was used to justify abortion in Roe v. Wade was called the right to privacy, which was established in a previous court case called Griswold versus Connecticut. If you want to look that up, it's very easy to find facts about that online. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and read the ruling for Roe v. Wade. The right to privacy, whether it be founded in the 14th Amendment's concept of personal liberty and restrictions upon state action, or as we feel it is, in the Ninth Amendment's reservation of rights to the people, is broad enough to encompass a woman's decision whether or not to terminate her pregnancy. So there are multiple issues with this ruling. Like seriously, there are more issues with this ruling than there are people who have been assassinated by the Clintons. So one personal issue I have is with the language they use. They say terminate her pregnancy because it's a lot nicer than saying execute her child, which I'm sorry, if we're talking in plain English, that's what's actually happening. The first major legal issue is the lack of legal analysis by the Supreme Court in regards to the actual term right to privacy. The second legal issue I have with it is the lack of legal analysis in regards to the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment guarantees a right to life, not just a right to liberty. A third legal issue I have is the lack of legal analysis in regards to the 5th Amendment. The 5th Amendment also guarantees the right to life. It reads verbatim, no person shall be deprived of life liberty, or property without due process of law. So a woman and an abortionist meeting at a clinic and deciding to execute a child and then executing that child right then and there in the clinic or scheduling an appointment to do so means that child was deprived of his or her life without due process. So where is the due process for the child who's being executed? Again, I'm no lawyer, but mama didn't raise no fool. I honestly think this is very straightforward. I think it's pretty clear the ruling of Roe v. Wade was three things. A, based on the lack of analysis, it was legally inadequate. B, based on the disregard for the child, it's morally inhumane. And C, based on the kind of neglect of the Constitution, it's neglectfully unconstitutional. So there's some legal analysis. Look, I want to shift gears for a second. I hate abortion, okay? Full disclosure. I hate abortion and I will fight to end it for the same reason that I would hate slavery and would fight to end slavery. A little history lesson. In 1856, there was a national debate between Abraham Lincoln and Stephen Douglas. Stephen Douglas basically took the position, your state, your choice. Well, Abraham Lincoln thought slavery should be abolished. Saying my body, my choice is the same thing or at least eerily similar to saying my slaves my choice it's the same type of logic at the very least these slaves are on my property therefore they belong to me and i can do as i please it's my body it belongs to me and i can do whatever i please again my body my choice my slaves my choice but the problem with that is those slaves don't belong to you they belong to god okay that child in your body doesn't really belong to you he or she belongs to god 
And that's kind of the bigger point here. If we believe that abortion is actually genocide in an attack on human life, then we should fight to end it. The same way that Americans who came before us saw slavery as a lesser form of genocide and fought to end it. Or look at it this way. Take any sentence regarding abortion and replace the word abortion with the word slavery. Okay, for example, the number of abortions decrease every year, so there's no need to fight abortion in the courts. It will go away on its own. The number of slaves decrease every year, so there's no need to fight slavery in the courts. It'll go away on its own. If the second sentence sounds worse than the first sentence, then the first sentence probably is just as bad as the second sentence. Look, honestly, it would be hilarious if it wasn't so backwards, but it's sad to say we've reached a point in our country where the same people on the woke left who claim that they hate racism so much because they love human rights, human rights, human rights, are the same people who will rally around slogans like shout your abortion. Human dignity and the right to life should be preserved in all forms, and the Roe v. Wade decision failed to do that. Okay, time for the daily shout out. Today's daily shout out goes to Matt Walsh over at the Daily Wire for making me laugh so hard today I thought I was going to pee my pants. He did this thing where he analyzed feminist comedians, not just female comedians, like particularly comedians that were kind of ripping on men or, or talking about feminism. And I'm not going to lie, he should do stand-up comedy. That man is too funny. Seriously, like if you've never heard of Matt Walsh, you have got to check him out. He is hilariously savage. In fact, I really love all the guys at the Daily Wire. I love Matt Walsh. I love Ben Shapiro. I love Michael Knowles. I love Andrew Clavin. But Walsh, though, really makes me laugh more than any of the others. His sense of humor is just savage, and I love it. So I told you this would be a short episode today. Like I said before, I honestly think, legally speaking, it's a pretty straightforward case. And morally speaking, I think the comparison to slavery is really key in just seeing that at the end of the day, evil is evil, and all evil should be abolished legally and culturally. So that's all for today, and we will see you next time on Wonderfully Woke, right here. This podcast was recorded and published by Anchor. Anchor is the best when it comes to production, publication, and monetization. If you want to know more, go to anchor.fm for details or check out the Anchor app in the App Store.